Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. We're going to get right into it. We have an opportunity here to speak to Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council. That's the labor union that represents the Border Patrol agents. And it's about the migrant deaths. We understand this afternoon the number of migrants who died in that tractor trailer down in San Antonio has hit 53 as they still try to sort out this tragedy. And Brandon, of course, and the Border Patrol know all too well smuggling operations that can lead to these kinds of disasters. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. All right. What is your understanding of the circumstances of what happened down there with this uh, truck that apparently had no air conditioning? Uh, I mean, this is something that we see on a regular basis. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny that the left is using this and saying this, that, and, and saying that this is an example that the border is closed because they're going to extreme measures. And that's just not true. Uh, people that don't want to be detected or apprehended, they're going to go through extreme measures. We see this all the time. Um, We've seen that throughout my entire 25-year career um, in the Border Patrol. And and so it's not an example of the border being closed. In fact, it's an example of the border being open. The reason why it's an example of that is we just don't have the manpower in the field to detect um, these types of uh, incidents that are taking place. This this, uh, semi-trailer went through a checkpoint, and because our personnel... Are, are ostensibly being used to, to do administrative duties such as processing, hospital watch, transports, um, and detention security, all duties that we're not supposed to be doing. Um, but because of the, the huge flood and illegal immigration, um, that's what we're relegated to, to doing. We just didn't have the, the people in the field that would have allowed us to detect this smuggling event taking place. And that is a tragedy. But let's be clear, this is it's a tragedy because it's such a large number of people at one time. But if you look at this fiscal year, 
We've already had 509 deaths on the border this fiscal year. Well, let me ask you this. What are the guidelines when a truck like this is coming through a border crossing? What are the agents supposed to look for? How do they handle that? So this this truck did not, um, as, as far as I know, it didn't come across the border from Mexico. These people crossed the border illegally. They did not cross through the port, a port of entry. They then loaded into the tractor trailer in the United States, and then they drove north, and they went through a, a border patrol checkpoint um, that is not right on the border. Um, right. You know, we have these checkpoints. We have these checkpoints. They're, they're to, they're, they're, uh, the main purpose is to stop smuggling um, uh, the furtherance of a smuggling event. Uh, but we just didn't have the resources um, at that checkpoint to properly detect this event. Let me ask you this, because uh, the response has been, well, yeah, closed borders. But uh, if the borders were open, why would people need to be smuggled into a tractor trailer into the United States? Or at least, as you're saying now, they were put into the truck after they got into the U.S. Why would we have to do that? The border's wide open because of Biden. People don't need to, uh, to smuggle into the country illegally anymore. Well, so you've got you've got two things that are happening on the border. You got the people that are crossing the border illegally, and they don't care. They don't care that we detect them. They don't care that we're that we're fingerprinting them. That we that we find out who they are and whether or not they have a criminal record here in the United States. But then you've got the other people that are trying to avoid apprehension. They don't want to be detected. Um, they don't want the government to know that they're here. And those are the people that are embedding themselves in the tractor trailers or in these very very dangerous situations that we're seeing across the entire border. You know, you, you got to look at the, the numbers of people that have been released into the United States under what we dubbed the catch and release program. And that's been over a million, about a million and one million two hundred thousand people have been released. But then you also have those people that, that are in these smuggling events that are trying to evade apprehension that we call gotaways. And there's been nearly a million of them as well. And those are the people that do not want to get caught. They don't want to be detected. The smuggling operations, too, are quite lucrative for the cartels, aren't they? Oh, extremely. And, and it's, it's, it's very disappointing to us because what we're doing by, by the catch and release program, which is the main magnet that's allowing these cartels to go out throughout the world and advertise their services, we're enriching them. Our policies are enriching, are enriching these very, very dangerous organizations. We just saw this event. It clearly shows these cartels do not care about life. They do not care if people die. All they care about is the bottom line. They just care about making money. And because business is so booming right now, the, the amount of money that they're making is astronomical. We've just never seen anything like this before. The details we're hearing, too, about this particular incident in San Antonio that Perhaps the smugglers pulled over to the side of the road, realizing that something was going on in the back, maybe people trying to get out. And when they discovered what was going on, did you hear that they may have put food seasoning over them to try to cloak the smell? No, I didn't hear that. I, I don't know the specifics of it because this is not a, a Border Patrol event. This is, gonna, this is turned over to um, um, Homeland Security Investigations. Texas DPS was involved in the investigation. So we didn't have a hand in this. Um, those people that, that and, and, you know, the, the death toll is up to 53. There are still several individuals in the hospital in critical condition, so the death toll could actually go up. But once those people then come out of the hospital, then they'll be turned over to, to Border Patrol custody. What's your take, too, on this uh, year and a half or so we've had of Biden as president? Uh, 
We've had you on the show, obviously, a few times since Biden's become president. But honestly, things haven't changed. I just saw the latest migrant encounter numbers. They were just off the charts. Yeah, it, things just keep getting worse. I, I thought, you know, any any intelligent person would have thought um, the first three months of the Biden administration, when, when they hit up to 170,000 apprehensions in one month, we thought we hit the ceiling. We thought for sure the administration was going to have to do something about it. The problem was, was the mainstream media covered for them. They weren't reporting it. They weren't telling the American public what was going on. And so because of that, they were allowed to continue status quo. And the problem has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And let's be honest, the mainstream media, even with this event, they're buying into this whole uh, preposterous notion that, well, the border's closed. Look, they're going through extreme measures. And they just will not tell the American public the truth. Yeah, I don't know what the border's closed means to them, because with the number of migrant apprehensions, clearly the border isn't closed, because as you just talked about, the getaways, the catch and releases, it's really out of control more than it ever was during a Trump's four years. Now, it's, it's more than, than anything that I've ever seen. And it's not like it's close. You know, when we talk about we're breaking records here and we're breaking records there. It's not like we're breaking records by a little bit. We're breaking records by double the amount previous. Um, and and that's, that's scary when you consider the people that are entering the country. We're dealing with people from, from countries around the world, uh, um, you know, the Middle Eastern countries, Eastern European countries, Western African nations. We know those countries. They do not like the United States. They want to do us harm. And yet that, those are a lot of uh, the people that we're dealing with. And so when you consider the gotaways, when you consider that nearly a million people have been able to enter this country without detection, that's a scary thought. Um, and we might not know what the actual outcome is for a couple of years, but ultimately it's going to hurt the American people. Yeah, they've, they've picked up people that have been on the watch lists, terror watch lists. I mean, yeah. it's bizarre. So we're waiting now to see what happens with the Title 42. And I think the Supreme Court is looking at the Remain in Mexico policy, aren't they? They, they are. The, the problem with that is, is, is the administration is always going to exercise what's called prosecutorial discretion. Um, they're going to determine whether or not they have the resources to prosecute these people or send them back to Mexico. And if they say they don't have the resources to do it, then there's no teeth to the ruling. What the Supreme Court is going to rule on is whether or not the, the Biden administration um, legally did away with the Remain in Mexico program. Uh, but they can't tell them that you must send every single person back. Now, what I do anticipate is there's going to be more lawsuits, um, you know, challenging the notion that the administration doesn't have the resources. And those lawsuits are, are, are going to be huge. But the first step is, is get the Supreme Court to rule on this, Hopefully they rule um, in, in what I believe is lawful, um, which is that the Remain in Mexico program should uh, remain in place. And if they do that, then, then um, other lawsuits can follow. All right, Brandon, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a lot for taking some time. Appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council, commenting on the horror that was discovered the other day in San Antonio, Texas. The death toll is now 53. The migrants who were jammed into the back of the tractor trailer. It was a refrigerated truck that had no air conditioning. More coming up on the John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. And yeah, we just got uh, done talking to Brandon Judd with the Border Patrol Council. He's the president. That's the Union for Border Patrol Agents. To get his take on this uh, tragedy in Texas where 53 migrants so far have been found dead 
after they were loaded into a tractor trailer. The new piece of information we got from Brandon is that uh, this truck didn't drive across the border with the migrants. It picked them up after they had crossed. They were probably led there by a smuggling operation. And then the idea is to load them up so they don't look too conspicuous, trying to all separate around the border. They may not know where they're going. This is somewhere close to San Antonio. We're not exactly sure where they got into this truck or how long they were in it. And then they drive them to some other designated place and drop them off. Or sometimes they're sent to a drop house where they can't get out until they pay the rest of what they owe. I mean, this can cost thousands of dollars per person in a smuggling operation like this. So no wonder these men that are responsible for this disaster, this is a federal case, but man, I wish Texas would prosecute this. They deserve the death penalty because it's pretty clear when they knew something wasn't right back there and they probably took a quick look and saw all the bodies lying there, the reports are they just threw some meat seasoning over them and, and, and fled so that perhaps nobody would smell it and the bodies wouldn't be discovered for a while. Apparently, uh, a local government worker came along and noticed something was amiss. And that's where they eventually called in the local police to rescue those people. The victims include at least 22 Mexicans, seven Guatemalans, two Hondurans. There's still a number of people hospitalized with all sorts of heat problems. Now, the uh, update on this story is that the uh, two guys that were taken into custody, and I got to believe they're related when you hear their names, Juan Francisco de Luna Bilbao and Juan Claudio de Luna Mendez. So they both have the de Luna hyphen. I, I wouldn't be surprised. All they're being charged with right now is possession of a weapon by an alien illegally in the United States. Oh, good Lord, they use the word alien in the charging documents? DHS, as you heard Brandon said, has taken over this case. It's a federal case. And what they generally do to hold on to you is they charge you with whatever they can until they put the bigger case together. So uh, these two apparently had overstayed their visas. Nice. And uh, because they possess guns. Oh, why do you think they possess guns? Oh, yeah, right. They're part of a criminal smuggling operation. Of course. So at least to hold on to them for now, they've been taken into custody. The thing that happened immediately, and I hate to call it politics because everything is really politics. The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, immediately pointed a finger at the Biden administration. This is what you get with the open border. I have said this repeatedly. It's a numbers game. It's the same problem we have with the homeless and releasing all the criminals from the prisons. The more you put people in play that are in these categories, the more trouble you can have. So the more you tolerate homeless people, sure, they're not all violent, they're not all dangerous, but the more you have, the more incidents you're gonna have and people's lives are in danger. Same thing with releasing criminals. Same thing with having border policies that are pretty loose. You're inviting people from all over the world to get here any way they can. And I think Brandon explained it well because some would say, well, if we had an open border, why didn't they just come across our open border? Well, it's not that literal. What it means to people around the world is that there's an opportunity. And if you can get into the United States, the Biden administration will probably be hands off. I mean, they, they announced a policy where deportation will only be the worst of the illegal immigrants, right? The murderers, the rapists, people that are dangerous, people that use guns. Obama did said the same thing. So that 
kept, although Obama deported a lot of people, that was their way of at least saying to the activists, we're going to keep deportations to a minimum and only go after the worst of the worst. Everything I'm saying gets back to people in Central America and in South America and, of course, in Mexico. And they, it does. Believe me, it's big news down there, whatever happens here. It often gets lost in translation and misinterpreted. But they saw the Biden administration as a sign that things have changed and loosened up. And as Brandon said, they don't necessarily want to come into the country at the border where they have to fill out paperwork and their names are taken and they're put on a list and they can apply for asylum because that's too complicated. Plus, there's a track record of them. If they can get into the United States any other way they can, once they're here, even if they're caught, thanks to the Biden administration, his Department of Homeland Security, they're probably okay. There's not really much chance of interior enforcement and any problem with them ever being deported. They wouldn't have to go through the court system. They wouldn't have to go through the asylum system. They wouldn't have to do anything. And if they're ever picked up and, oh, for even a minor infraction, it's discovered, hmm, there's no real record of you. Who are you? And if it is determined that they are in the country illegally, under the Biden administration, who cares? That doesn't matter. All right, when I come back, I'll be talking to Carl DeMaio, Reform California. Tomorrow, well, the day after tomorrow is July 1st. So the gas tax is going up. In 2017, despite our best efforts, they raised California's gas taxes, not just immediately, but for years to come. Hikes for years to come. And when it happens uh, the half year mark, July 1st, they're not going to stop it in Sacramento, despite these ridiculously high gas prices. Carl and his group are doing something special on Friday to bring attention to this, and I'll talk to him about it as soon as I come back. John is on vacation. I'm here. Deborah Mark has a news update. Uh, coming up after 3 o'clock, we're going back to the L.A. County District Attorney, George Gascon. Well, by the way, if you haven't signed the petition and you're an L.A. County registered voter, what the hell's wrong with you? But secondly, we need your help. Uh, they need a buffer in the number of signatures collected to try to get this on the ballot. You go to recalldageorgegascon.com, and you're going to have to drop the petition off at one of their sites. You cannot mail it. It's too late. It's one week from today that they have to turn over the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of signatures to the L.A. County Registrar of Voters for the signature verification to allow this to go on the ballot, which by itself will probably be a whole tricky endeavor. But anyway, coming up after three, Whittier is where we're going. Yep. Whittier, California in L.A. County. We're going to be talking to the mayor because they've decided to try to bypass George Gascon. They may put a ballot measure out there for their voters to allow them to prosecute misdemeanors because Gascon ignores. And I'll give you the list of misdemeanors, infractions, crimes that we're talking about. A lot of things that affect quality of life that are ignored by Gascon because look around. Things are certainly better now that he's been D.A., right? All right, we move over to gas prices. Now on Friday, July 1st, whether you like it or not, the gas tax is going up by a few cents per gallon. There was talk by the governor in January, that long ago already, when he gave his budget message, oh, maybe we'll suspend that, which was a tiny little give back. That's not even going to happen because the legislature folded his arms and said, no. Of course, they announced this plan the other day to give people inflation relief. It's just like a stimulus check because it's all based on income with the lowest income people getting the most money. We're going to bring on Carl DeMaio, of course. And Carl DeMaio is a chairman of Reform California. 
They got a big event up and down the state coming up on Friday to talk about. Carl, welcome back. Hey, thanks so much for having me back on, Ken. Yeah, so tell folks what your what your uh, your people are going to be doing on Friday. Well, as you noted, these uh, Sacramento politicians are so untethered from the pain and suffering that Californians are experiencing at the pump that they actually are increasing the gas tax on Friday by three cents. So the state gas tax uh, and state um, uh, tax burden per gallon of gas will be a dollar twenty nine per gallon, a dollar twenty nine for the state gas tax. Now, this is despite the fact that. Joe Biden has called on uh, fellow Democrats across the country to suspend at least all or, or portion of the state gas taxes in their jurisdictions. So what we're doing is we're getting people to go to gas stations and talk to drivers as they're pumping gas uh, and let them know that California Democrats are increasing the gas tax as of today. You should punish them by voting against them in November. That's all it takes. And we're also hoping that they'll be part of something proactive to fix the problem long term. We're collecting signatures on the California Taxpayer Protection Act. We only need 150,000 more signatures. Last week when I joined you to talk about this uh, initiative, we, we needed 300,000. Now we're down to 150,000. We have um, about two weeks left, the July 15 deadline. And people can get those petitions sent to them uh, at opposetaxhikes.com. All they have to do is sign up, put their information in. We will mail people the petitions um, at opposetaxhikes.com, opposetaxhikes.com. And so those are the two things we're doing on Friday. We're trying to engage drivers, let them know what's happening, urge them to remember it in their vote in November. Uh, and then also, if people do have those petitions in time for Friday, uh, get people to sign the petition at the gas pump. Now, you're going to have an event at a gas station like a news conference Friday morning. It looks like it's an ARCO in San Diego. And you're inviting the media, California media. You think they're really hmm. going to care about the way they've covered the gas price fiasco is pretty minimal. Oh, of course, because they know that their side in politics uh, would get hurt if the voters actually knew the truth. And so here you've got the media. Uh, giving credit to Gavin Newsom and California Democrats uh, the same week that they've decided to increase the gas tax and ignore Biden's call for some relief. What they say is they're going to send out rebates, and but the rebates aren't going to go to everyone. Oh, and by the way, they're going to mail them out right alongside with the ballots in October. Yeah. So, of course, that's transparently buying votes and worse because as you know the crime wave across the state of california is so bad uh mailbox thefts have been going off the charts what what more invitation do you need to send out to criminals than to say guess what they're going to be 250 dollars uh, ebt or debit cards in a lot of these mailboxes it'll be open season <laughs> uh plus handing out Money to people when we're already in inflationary times is a little bizarre. At least what we've been talking about, if you actually cut the price at the pump, this is how insulated and emboldened they feel in Sacramento. Because if you actually made a move like suspending the state's gas tax and certainly suspending the July 1st increase, you would be saying directly to people and you get plenty of media coverage that we understand your pain when it comes to the gas prices, because that's like the worst of the worst that people are facing with inflationary times. You would think that that would be a big easy get for them as far as publicity is concerned, but they don't care. 
fold their arms because they want they, that money to continue to pile into Sacramento from the gas taxes. You nailed it. They, they are so intent on keeping money that, frankly, they shouldn't have in the first place because it's not like they're fixing our roads with that money. But they are so intent to keep the money that they've gotten through ill-gotten gains that they are you know, willing to basically turn a blind eye to the, the challenges that working families have. But the reason why they're able to do it, back to your original question about Friday's gas uh, uh, tax revolt press conference, the California politicians know that their friends in the media will carry their water. They will cover it up. They won't be called out. And so, you know, we are up against uh, the machine uh, of, of media and, and, and the blackout on coverage on these issues, which is all the more reason why on Friday – Having uh, people show up at a gas station and just casually, you know, say, hey, I'm here uh, because I think you need to know today the gas tax went up, you're paying more, and you need to remember that Newsom and the California Democrats did it. You may be a Democrat, but at least remember that you need to send them a message, and that's how you're going to start changing people's uh, voting, uh, and that's how we can break through that, that media blackout that we seem to be encountering. Now, they're going to have the petitions at the gas stations as well on Friday? Yeah, so a lot of our volunteers already have petitions, so we're encouraging our existing volunteers to get to those gas stations with the petitions. But there still is time for you to sign up at the website, opposetaxhikes.com, opposetaxhikes.com. And if we mail you the petition tomorrow, because we mail them every day, um, and it doesn't get to you until the weekend, then you can always do this on your own next week or grab a friend. It doesn't absolutely have to be on Friday. We're trying to mobilize people and get them to set the appointment on Friday to do it. But if you can do it sometime over the weekend or early next week and get signatures, even five signatures from each person would go a long way to helping us get this uh, California Taxpayer Protection Act qualified on the ballot and give us a fighting chance to stop the constant tax hikes that we have in California. Yeah, briefly explain to people what's in the California Taxpayer Protection Act so they have an idea of what they're looking at. Well, uh, the power of this initiative, uh, which both Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association and Reform California consider the most powerful tax revolt measure since 1978 with Prop 13, this measure, had it been in effect in 2017, would have invalidated the gas tax increase and the car tax. That's how powerful it is. First, it requires a two-thirds vote of every tax uh, without any sort of loopholes that the politicians have been able to, to get from the courts in recent years. So it re- reaffirms a two-thirds vote for all tax hikes. Uh, also, that gas tax and car tax, which was approved only by the legislature, would have had to go to a public vote. And so that's the, the first part of this measure. The second part of the measure requires that any measure on the ballot that contains any tax increase in it anywhere – must have the words tax increase in the ballot title so that voters actually know what the heck they're voting on rather than these um, verbal gymnastics that the Democrats, the politicians of both parties actually play to hide the the true tax hikes uh, on the ballot. And then finally, uh, the measure tightens the definition of what what the word fee is so that we can prevent uh, taxes from being implemented uh, disguised as fees. So it's a pretty darn powerful measure, and we believe it really does level the playing field uh, in the fight against tax hikes uh, going forward. All right, so it's opposedtaxhikes.com. And give people that number again, Carl. How much uh, effective Friday do we pay in state gas taxes? What's the dollar? What was it? So when, yeah, uh, when gallon. you take the... 
the, the state excise tax on gas plus the state cap and trade tax on gas and the state sales tax on gas, it is $1.29 per gallon. If you then add the federal gas tax, which is 18 and a half cents, then you're looking at a dollar forty-seven and a half cents per gallon. All right, all right, Carl. Thanks a lot for coming on, and uh, good luck with Friday's event. Thanks so much. Take care. All right, Carl DeMaio, Chairman of Reform California, and again, opposedtaxhikes.com. Uh, they're certainly going to do something when this gas tax hike takes effect on Friday. Johnny Kent Show here on KFI AM 640. I mean, imagine that. A dollar twenty-nine of every gallon of gas you put in your car goes to state taxes. That's the outright gas tax plus the uh, the uh, global warming taxes, the climate change taxes. A dollar twenty-nine a gallon. And it will go up again on Friday. The media does like to cover that because they love to cover the gas price situation. And, of course, with the tax increase coming Friday, they'll get some play. But honestly, we'll be talking more about this later on in the show. Apparently, they're about to approve the budget in Sacramento, which I guess includes that inflation relief payments that a number of Californians are going to get. But they won't do anything to the gas taxes itself. They're going to let the July 1st increase go into effect. All right, coming up after 3 o'clock, Whittier is responding to the L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon. They want to take over some misdemeanor prosecutions. We'll go through the list of crimes that those entail. And, of course, it's because the L.A. County D.A. doesn't bother. Nope. We'll also get into this El Segundo Time story about the horrific situation with the probation department. Apparently, the El Monte cop killer, his name is Justin Flores, a gang member, a drug user, a one-striker. They hadn't seen him in months. Part of your probation is they're supposed to see you in person once a month. They changed that to phone calls because of the pandemic. But this guy was nowhere to be found and he was getting into more and more trouble. It's another way they could have stopped what he did to those two El Money police officers, who's, by the way, funeral service is tomorrow in Ontario. And that's going to be a really sad event. Um, we have an animal story. Mm. How about that? It is once again a bison attack in Yellowstone. What is the matter with people? They're calling this one 1,800 pounds. Ugh. It looks like a family led by a 34-year-old man and a boy. They're from Colorado Springs. There was a guy who took the video. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Deborah Mark, but a man from across the way took the video because he noticed that the family was too close to the bison. And he wanted to see what was going to happen. <laughs> The video shows two adults walking towards the bison with a little boy. They're sort of on a boardwalk path. If you've been in the park, they have these boardwalk paths. But that doesn't mean that you should hang out there if there's a wild animal that weighs this much nearby. And the animal suddenly turns and charges at them. So the man who's walking ahead of his family is running towards the other two adults and the boy. And dust is lifted into the air from the charging bison. He, he apparently, the bison starts to charge at the kid who tries to run away, but the man lifts the child into the air, pushes him out of the way as everyone turns around and watches in horror. But the bison latches onto the guy's arm during the attack, lifted him into the air before he was able to escape and run away. Supposedly, though, he was just treated... Yeah, that's not the sound from the video. That's our special <laughs> effects guy. Uh, the man had an injury to his arm. So nothing really bad came of this. He's lucky. But this is Darwinism. Uh. 
I mean, honestly, I know it's a great photo opportunity and it's the coolest thing to have your children exposed to wildlife, but stick to the zoo. <laughs> and if you're going to see the bison, they say stay at least 25 yards away. They're faster than you think. And there's no telling what they might do. I don't this- understand why people just, I don't understand why you know, you know what could happen. You know what the rules are. Why, why would you take that chance? People can't help themselves. They're ignorant, right? They figure, oh, what could happen? All right, yeah, the, the bison might charge us, but the chances of that are low. I'd rather get this picture or this video. I, uh, sad news is they euthanized the bison. Oh. No, I made that up. Okay, thank you. But I just wanted you to get sad. Yeah, that, that would suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. it's not the bison's fault. No, well, plus Yellowstone is where they belong. Exactly. That's their habitat. They're not going to kill the bison for attacking a person. It's not going to happen. I didn't think so, Ken. And strangely enough, connected to this story back on June 1st, remember the 25-year-old woman who got tossed in the air? Yes. The Daily Mail continues to say she's dead in their new story on this bison attack. But every report I see, she didn't die. She had some puncture wounds and got treated. But they still have it as she got killed. That's kind of weird. And they claim that they, that they confirmed it with a park official. But if you look the story up, and most of the reports are a couple of weeks old, she's alive. In fact, a lot of worldwide media went with the horrific headline that she's dead. But I, I, I think she's alive. She was from Ohio. And it impaled her with its horn and tossed her 10 feet in the air. But from what I understand, and I could be wrong, she's alive, not dead. Not that that should make you think, oh, well, you know, hasn't killed anybody yet. Let's go visit the bison. Let's go pet them. Jeez. Well, no. they do have kind of interesting, like, fur. And... No, that's not the type of animal you go and pet. Don't you want to touch the horns? No. Don't you no. see what that's like? No, not at all. I want Say to hello? Leave. No. Nope. Give him a kiss? No. Even though that would be an amazing uh, photo op, yes. But even I wouldn't stoop that low. Uh, you have too much respect and love for the animals. I and do. fear. And fear. fear is good. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we'll be talking to the mayor of Whittier. Joe Vinatieri is coming back on the show. They want to make a move because L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon can't be bothered with misdemeanors. Whittier, with the approval of the voters, would like to prosecute them themselves. John and Ken show on KFI AM 640, and Deborah Mark has the news now. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.